like a it's like a vulture almost. Oh, uh, yeah, man. Birds, birds are scary, man. You start getting into like big ass birds, yeah, those are scary. What else did you guys do? Uh oh, I got over my fear of riding birds. Uh, the little electrical scooter, man. Oh, uh, I thought you were talking about riding a bird like a pterodactyl. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> very. Uh, me and the emu. Uh, we just ran around. Uh, no. Because <laughs> <laughs> it looks cool, kill, make a heartbeat still. I'd be so well. Samuel cuts it back. Ohio State wins. I want my heart to stop. Let's go, man. That is as good as it gets. I represent me in this issue. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Really on the field, a touchdown is confirmed. You've got to get two yards. I don't know. I don't think so. No way. Kentucky wins. Welcome to the show, everybody. It's a Peace of Mind podcast. Uh, I'm Kevin Jackson. As always, I'm with AJ Nance. Yes, sir. And uh, today, we're going to talk a little bit of Pac-12 football, beginning with our first episode our, uh, in our series of conference breakdowns. We're going to start with the Pac-12, yes. then we'll begin to the Big 12 later, and um, moving on from there. But we're going to focus on the West Coast for now. I'm pretty pumped about Don't this. Don't watch like, a lot of Pac-12 football. Going back and like, I <laughs> after I looked at the records and stuff from last year, started like coming up with my, um, with my breakdown of this season, I realized that I didn't watch – as much Pac-12 football as well, I like, thought. It's just kind of weird that the the team is the teams are so mediocre. Yeah, At, I, it's just hard to because I I think another thing too is just because of some of their more recent showings against stronger conferences has been so bad. It's just hard sometimes to take them seriously, right? Because like. It's like, yeah, you you like Washington a couple of years ago. Like, yeah, you're you're running shit out there, but you know eventually, like, you're gonna have to come play one of the top yeah. dogs on the East Coast, and then they just get well. Routed. That's not true. They, it, they played Bama. They, the time. they took, lost twenty four to seven. Like it was like, like they held their own. They clearly weren't as good. But I, like, I mean, they did, but it right, right, or like Oregon with Ohio State and yeah, just things like that. Like, it's not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not downing them like they're still good programs it's just like if you think back to like the early 2000s right like that usc team like nobody wanted to really play them you know they they were like very very good and so you know it was easier to tune into those usc notre dame matchups because you had like brady quinn throwing to samarja and you had like you know uh fucking uh butt fumble and like Reggie Bush and some of those other like guys playing. So it's like, it was good to tune into. And it's like, not saying that they don't have players now, but it's just, I feel like the, the dynamic and the, and the uh, stronghold of college football has shifted to the, to mainly the East coast, um, which I think it always bounced back and forth. But I, I just, I wanted to point that out that like, I learned that like, I need to focus a little bit more on, Pac-12 football this year because 
I thought I watched a lot last year. And I, well, I you know, did. like Pac-12 is my placeholder for like when all the primetime games on the East Coast are done. Mm-hmm. And then you get to like, oh, everybody's leaving your house or like going, going to sleep and you're like, yes. oh, Arizona State and Arizona are on. Let's go. <laughs> I know you don't care about this Utah versus BYU game. Great. I'm just going to sit here yeah, and watch this. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny you say that about USC because they got – that kid, after doing the research, that kid, T, JT Daniels, like, mm-hmm. he's going to be pretty good. But um, I, I think they're going to be better this year. I uh, just, I, they just got a shit schedule. Like, that's just what it boils down to. They got a tough schedule. Yeah, yeah it's always tough when you got to play Notre Dame and they're good. Yeah, which is like. I mean, that hurts them as well as, like, clearly, I think that the South is more jumbled together as far as, like, how good or yeah, not I good think, they are. I, I think at, than, yeah, I think at one point last year there, there was it was mathematically possible for a five-way tie for first place in the South, and right. uh, there's only six teams. So, it's like, nobody wanted to win. I was reading a quote from a. I was reading a quote I, you from know a, what, though? like a from a, a coach in the Pac-12, mm-hmm. and it says um, they're talking about their defensive front. It says they aren't those scary NFL guys we used to see come out there. It says they don't worry. They don't worry Ooh. you anymore. It's pretty interesting. Oh boy. I don't know. Like, I will say, like, I need to sharpen up on my player knowledge, like team evaluation wise. I feel like I'm pretty confident in yeah. what I know. I feel like about Pac-12, Pac-12 bias is a real thing. But like player wise, I mean, it definitely bias, is. Whatever like, you want to say, it it is. Like, I mean, like, but that's also a thing of like, I don't care. Like, I don't care how dedicated you are to a sport. You can only watch so much, right? Like. I'm sure you and I would be much more up to speed on the Pac-12 if we didn't have a normal nine to five and like didn't have to work that. And our job was to know college football. Like, yeah, I know yeah. the shit out of the Pac-12, but that's not how my life is right now. So it's like I have to pick and choose. And like to be honest, like I'm not. I'd rather watch Mississippi State and you know South Carolina play versus. Um, I don't know, Oregon State yeah. and Utah. Like, yeah. I just would. So, but I will say that um, from looking at some of this, I do think that their league will be a little bit better. I do think, like, some of their teams will be competitive in the race for the playoff spot. I don't think they're going to get a team in the playoffs, but I do I do think that there'll be, there'll be more argument this year for the Pac-12 versus other years. Well, you saying that, let's just let's just get right into it. And just to break the Pac-12 down overall, um areas to to be excited about. You got Justin Herbert coming back to to Oregon. You've got quality mm-hmm. coaches and Chip Kelly at UCLA and uh David Shaw at Stanford. Um but like you mentioned before, Pac-12 is uh, 
it doesn't get a lot of respect because they've missed uh, the Pac-12 champ has missed the playoff in the last uh, three out of the past four seasons, um, and the Pac-12 champ in the last two seasons hasn't even been in the top ten. Um, USC and UCLA are not doing too well, uh, coming off pretty bad seasons. Mm -hmm. And when you start looking at off the field issues, um, they're losing subscribers for the PAC 12 network. Their PAC 12 network pays out far less money than the big 10 network and the sec network does. And, um, I mean, even their championship game last year was a big dud in San Francisco yes. between Utah and Washington. So it just seems like they're really behind and they got to, they, they got to do something to get their respect back. So I know last, last episode we were trying to figure it out. It was 10, three Washington yeah, over Utah. Like, not good. Last. Um, right. Also side note here. I work with the PAC 12 network. I did not know that. Yeah, so that's going to be my reasoning for keeping up with them this year. Um, yeah, and um, I didn't even mention, I mean, quality coaches you've got. I mean, you've got Herm Edwards at Arizona State. You've got Chris Peterson, mm -hmm. who's probably the best of them all, um, at Washington. you got Mike Leach at Washington State, just far overachieving at Washington State. So there really are good coaches there. It's kind of a weird funk. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's kind of one of those deals. You know how people say like, you know, college football is better when this team is better. It's like, I really think the Pac-12 will be a lot better when USC's good. Yeah. that's I, and, and to your point, I think that Clay Helton's on the hot seat. Like they need to get, they need to get good immediately. And this is just my, my, opinion on the scenario but like i don't think that this year based upon how i have them finishing this year is not enough for him to keep his job which is wild because uh if you look i think he won his the first year he was there he won the pack no he won the rose bowl and then the second year he won he won the league outright which is they're not getting those those recruits anymore. Like those kids are going elsewhere. Well, they got right? the quarterbacks. I mean, they've had decent quarterbacks. But they had the kid. Who's the kid that just went to the Jets? The quarterback for USC. Oh, uh, Sam, Sam Darnold. He's a good player. And they got this kid who started as a true freshman from modern day. I mean, you got to be pretty good to start. I mean, they do, but you got to like. Look at those teams like when they were the shit. Oh, yeah, they had day. everybody. Like, look at those lineups. Like, same with Miami. Like, they're just not getting the caliber of talent that they were before. And it's like, then you have to you have to showcase that that coaching ability and that game management ability. Well, to be honest with you, when you don't have this they studs. might be getting the same talent, or and maybe it's just it's equaled out. Like you can't just out talent people anymore. So I mean, I think that's the I think that's the secret sauce at Alabama is like everybody's talented, but they just don't lose because they are freaks of nature that do 
all the, like Nick Saban is the key. Like his the discipline yeah. and like every single rep needs to be perfect. And like the demand for excellence, like that's the reason they never lose. Everybody's talented. There are plenty of teams that could beat Alabama, but it's, it's just, it's the little thing. But so nonetheless, all right, what we're going to do is we're going to break down a rankings of the North, the South. We're going to pick our champion, offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year, talk about some key players. And we're going to highlight the top games of the PAC 12 to mark on your calendar so that uh, you tune in, try to watch, because they probably won't be on your TV. So, <laughs> Starting off, we um, have um, Pac-12 North is Washington, California, yes, Stanford, Oregon State, Washington State, and Oregon. And in the South, we've got Utah, UCLA, Arizona State, Arizona, Colorado, USC, so, let's start with the North. What do you think the the breakdown is going to be? So for me, I had uh, the the number one team in the North being Washington, um, going eleven and yeah, one. That's what I had. Um, I had them. Did you have them losing to? Um, I have them losing to Oregon because they're at Oregon this year. Um. No, they're I not. don't. I feel like that. They're. Ho- I thought they were at Oregon. Oregon. They're home against Oregon. Okay, I have. Them, I still have them losing against Oregon, but uh, I think that they. Ultimately, I think that the two biggest things for Oregon is they're they're returning a lot of linemen and they're returning their quarterback. That always bodes well for, you know, offenses, which Pac-12 is normally offensive heavy. So that bodes well, knowing like I'm gonna get the protection up front and I've got a gunslinger. Like you can have mediocre receivers if you got a good quarterback that's gonna throw like throw the ball to where it needs to go. So um, what's your what's your what's your breakdown? So I went Washington one, or excuse me, I had Oregon one, excuse me, Washington two. I just have Washington with a better record. Um Washington State three. Mm. Stanford four, Cal five, Oregon State six. Yeah, that's very similar to what I had. I had Washington one, Oregon two. I'm going coach mm-hmm. over quarterback. Okay. Plus, plus I don't Jacob Eason, the transfer from Georgia, he'll be good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I don't doubt uh, that. I have Stanford at three, Washington State at four. California and Oregon, the same spot that you do as five and six. Gotcha. What you so you said you had Washington as one. What'd you have their final record being? Um, I honestly like I see them losing a game. Who'd you have them losing to? Um I think I have them losing to at Stanford. It's just like a toss up okay. game. So I had them. I had them going eleven and one and losing to Oregon. Yeah, I have Stanford. I have Stanford. Um, I, dude, they got a tough schedule. Oh. That's Stanford. Stanford's a good team. They're just their schedule sucks. Like if if Stanford played maybe like Cal schedule, they'd be all right because like they're out of conference games. Like they got 
Notre Dame and UCF as their out of conference games. Like those are that's definitely one loss and possibly two. Yeah, I mean like, they got I mean, did you mention Northwestern? No, and that's who they start like with too. Like that's yeah. their then, that's their like that's their uh that's probably their easiest non-conference game. I mean, you could say Northwestern. I, I probably UCF is probably easier game than Northwestern. Depends on what Northwestern shows. I would up. say. I don't know. I would. I would probably say UCF. The only reason I say Match that up. too is because they'll get McKin. They'll get McKenzie Milton. No, they back. won't. He out, man. Bullshit. They when Bush is gonna play from Notre Dame? Over, over. He ain't gonna Milton. play, dude. He ain't gonna be ready. Why wouldn't he? He blew up his leg. Eh, tomato, tomato. He gonna be out. He made. He honestly uh, may never play again. Okay, so let then let me let me propose this then. Will is Wimbush gonna beat out the kid that they had play in the uh, the Peach Bowl? I don't know, or the Chick Fil A Bowl, because like. I probably watch more Wimbush than the average human just because I have a friend that's a Notre Dame fan, so like I watch them a lot more. I don't think he's that good. I don't think he's either. But I mean UCF's gonna have good players. It just Northwestern plays the same as Stanford does, so maybe that's a tough matchup. You know what I mean? I, I would agree with that. What I had so I had them getting the win over Northwestern but losing to UCF. Hmm. Yeah, that's a toss-up. That's a toss-up. I mean, it very well could be. I don't think right, and I don't like I don't think that's anything bad on them because I think they get Costello back, right? Stanford? Yep, KJ. So like they have him back. And like I think if you're returning like like a veteran quarterback, again, same thing is why I think Oregon's gonna be good. If you're bringing back a guy who's played in the league before, like that's gonna give you a step ahead of all the other teams. Yeah, that's huge. Um, but they also like bring back. I mean, they just they bring back a bunch of running backs, but they just couldn't run the ball last year. So they got to be able, to, which is like their yeah, staple. Like that's what be they able do. To figure it out. They go two tight ends and like just. Pound away, like that's what they do. Um, um, you, we both had Oregon State at the bottom, right? Um, how many wins did you have them having? Uh, let me look. Let me look. I, I don't think I had. I don't think I went through, broke down their schedule, wins and losses. What did you have them at? So I had them at two and ten. Um getting wins over Cal Poly and Hawaii. And I'm not sure that I'm very confident that they'll beat Hawaii, but I gave them the benefit of the doubt and gave them two wins. Um, we both had Cal as the 15. I think Cal's interesting because Cal's returning a ton in the back end of their defense. So like in their, their DBs and their linebackers, they're returning a lot. Um, yeah. so defensively, they're supposed to be really they had a good. bowl game last year. Um, right. And I think for them, what happens early in the season matters. Like they got a, they got an out of conference game against, um, UC Davis. 
Ole Miss early in the season. Well, they got one against Ole Miss early in the season. I think, like, if they can win that game, like, that could jump them into a bowl game potential because I, while I picked them to lose to Ole Miss, I think Ole Miss is beatable. I'm I'm basically choosing Ole Miss to win that game just off of SEC bias because I don't know a lot about both teams. But I do think that's an early enough game that could decide, like, Okay, we've we've beat uh like a decent opponent. Like we know we can go out and play against like competitive teams. Like we can use that momentum to roll for the rest yeah. of the season. I mean, they had some pretty big wins last year. They beat they beat Washington. That's mm-hmm. a big win. They won at USC. That's a big program win. Mm-hmm. So start stealing start stealing uh, recruits and stuff when you do stuff like that. Yeah, and then the stud they got on defense, man. Evan Weaver. Uh, uh, Evan, yeah. Boy, 159 tackles. That's a lot. If they if they could if they could beat Ole Miss, they could potentially start their season 3 and 1. Like that's big. Shit, 3 and 1. I mean, like I get that they probably won't do it, but I'm assuming that one loss is Washington. Washington. Like, I mean, like they beat yeah. them last year. So this is true. I, I mean, I, I would pick I that three one. I'd pick it at three one. <laughs> so, I mean, like you see, but if they're a three and one, they're good. Yeah, yeah. And so then now you're now you're in the toss up. Arizona State at home, probably a winnable game. Oregon State at home, probably a winnable game. USC at home. Probably a winnable game, or like at least a toss up, and then at UCLA at the end of the year. So like, you could swing from a four and eighteen to a six and sixteen. Like it just depends on what you do early. Yeah, I think I had them at five and seven. And then I know that we both uh, we had Stanford and Washington State flipped. Um, how do you feel about Washington State? This year, uh, I know they're losing their quarterback, but like, how do you feel about uh, how you feel about them this year coming into the new season? Well, the kid from Eastern Washington, mm-hmm. that's their transfer, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It's uh, what's his name? Gage. Gab- I don't even know how you pronounce that. Gabrud. Yeah. Well, we'll go with that because I can't pronounce it, but yes. Yeah, I mean, like 11,000 yards of offense and 100 touchdowns in Eastern Washington. I don't care who you are, man. That's pretty good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so, uh, and like, but here's the deal is like they return a couple quarterbacks Mm -hmm. uh, that have been around for a while. So like, I don't know. I mean, like, I would assume he's more talented, but with Mike Leach, man, uh, I mean, you gotta like you gotta know that playbook left and right, because the thing about the air raid and his playbook is they run a few concepts, mm-hmm. and like at the snap and on the first few steps, it might look like a certain concept, but based on how you play defense it all changes, which I know like it sounds pretty intuitive. Like why don't all offenses work this way where it's like the defense can never be right. 
But with Mike Leach, he gets his guys to execute. And this is pretty specific to the air raid offense is, is they, the, what the players do changes during the play. So like, what's also faith in those players to like see and assess what they see. Because if, if I, if I'm the receiver and I see single high safety, like we're probably all starting off thinking, man, right. right? But if I get into my route and I run a man specific route versus like a cover three route, which it very well could be. Now I'm off. Now I'm off based upon what the quarterback see. So like you have to trust your players to like be able to, to confidently assess what they see and like, run the correct stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's like, like as a quarterback, like you don't have all day, like you're throwing the ball to a spot based upon what you're, what you're expecting well, to happen. In they're the both, no, but they're both reading the same thing. Like they might run a stick concept with the kid in the slot where it's like, uh, we're going to ride it. But then if I pull it, I'm going to throw the hitch route to the guy at like number two mm-hmm. or number three receiver in the slot. But like, if we were teaching that at the middle school level, we would just say, okay, take three big, two little steps, turn over your inside shoulder. You do that every single time. But for them, it's like if the linebacker's playing outside of you, you're inside turn. If he's inside of you, you go outside. Mm-hmm. And it's like that every right. play with every receiver. And it's like you might have all verts called, but then they bail mm-hmm. into quarter coverage and they'll all stop at 12 yards or they'll do press bail. And so you just, Oh, okay. I'm yeah, they're playing press bail. And like the quarterback sees it, the receiver sees it. So they both know the back shoulder fates coming. And it's like, as long as they execute and that's why they throw for a million yards every season, no matter who's quarterback, a kid transfers in the dude last year throws for 4,800 yards. Like, it doesn't matter who's doing it. Like he's that good at teaching it and it's that impossible to defend. They just got to figure out how to play defense. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's everybody's problem. Almost in the pack. Well, I, but I was, I was looking um, at this like Gardner mm-hmm. Minshew last year playing quarterback. Like it just goes to show what, how historic of a season Dwayne Haskins had. Because mm-hmm. Gardner Minshew threw for 4,779 yards. And Dwayne Haskins throws, throws for 4,831 yards. Jesus. Like, Ohio State is not a throwing school. It's not an air raid school. And he did it on, a, well, on um, 130 less attempts. Um. So we're 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 fairly close in like what we've got picked here, and I think I know your answer to this. But um, if there was one team in the North who could surprise us and potentially jump into that division winner, who would it be? I think I'd go with Stanford. That's what I was thinking too. It was like like because there's if because the schedule's like, so tough. Mm-hmm. That they like their league might not seem like a big deal. Um, That's what I was thinking. Like they they could get some wins early and ride that wave. 
I think Stanford is one of those teams that always has an early season, like good win, and then somehow they end up eight and four or something like that. Yeah, they. Um, I'm looking at the schedules, and just in the league, I see Washington State has to play at Oregon and at Washington. Mm-hmm. That's tough. Which are two? Uh, and yeah. Stanford get Stanford gets like, Oregon close and, weeks. Right? Yeah, Stanford and Oregon. I'm sorry, Stanford plays Oregon and Washington at home. Hmm. So, I mean, plus one of Sanford's tough non-conference games, Notre Dame, is at the end of the year. Yeah. So, like, your league's already wrapped up. Yeah, if they could, like, honestly, like, if they could get to that first off week on October 12th, and if they were – Anything better than four and two, I think they they have a real shot at winning that side of the conference. That's a yeah, but they could go tough task. Well, that's true, but I mean, like they could legitimately drop against Northwestern or UCF, and it doesn't matter though. So I mean, yeah, yeah, they got it's pretty front loaded at USC, Oregon, at Oregon State, and Washington. That's pretty front loaded. Right. Whereas in the back end, I mean, you got playing, UCLA, Arizona, at Colorado, at Washington State, California. Not many teams are playing three bowl teams in the first four weeks. Yeah. All right. So in the South, right, I'm, I'm going to assume we both have the same team winning the South as Utah, right? Yeah. Like, they, their schedule is just... They return everybody. That, and also they have, like, the lighter of the schedules. Like, I mean, I think when I was looking at it earlier, yeah, they they don't play Oregon. They get Washington State at home. Their toughest game is going to Washington. And, like. Well, their season opener, I mean, it's not a league. The BYU one will be a good that's game a hell, though, that's, because that, that's that's a that's one of my favorite, like non-traditional, like beginning of the rivalry year rivalry games, games. The Holy War. Mm-hmm. Yeah, love that. That'll be a good game at uh, at ten fifteen Eastern start time. Uh, Nine fifteen here means I'll definitely Shit, get to catch if you're that lucky game. enough where they they kick off at sunset. Oh. Oh yeah, the backdrop. That's that might be battle of two of my favorite stadium backdrops. The best backdrops in college football. And like, Utah's yeah, are man. incredible, incredible. That's beautiful. Like those are definitely two I would love to go to. And they're loud. Like Utah's loud. They only have forty five thousand, but it's like they're on you. Oh yeah, and they do their blackout game, and it's nuts out there, and it's. Legit blackout. Yeah, they love their football in Utah. Utah State, Utah, BYU. They love football, man. But, like, looking at their schedule, it's I mean, it's really – you get to that first bye week and you've – I mean, you've got some – like, 
Arizona State could to potentially be a good team. Cal could. Washington will be. Maybe at Arizona close to the end. But, like, I mean, they've got a favorable schedule returning what they're returning and on the side of the, the, the conference that they're in. Like, they, they've got a, a really good chance of probably going 11 and Yeah, one. they returned 14 starters. So I've got Utah, yeah. UCLA, Arizona State, USC, Arizona, Colorado. Ooh, so you got Chip doing work, eh? So I, I think he's gonna. Get, Utah, I think he's gonna get it, man. I have Utah, Arizona, Arizona State, USC, UCLA, Colorado. Whew, um, you have them at the bottom. Yeah. So I, for the same reasons why I have Utah at the top, I just think UCLA has a tougher schedule. Like at Cincinnati, Week One is not gonna be an easy game. I mean, they, you turn but, around. but this has nothing. I mean, granted, um, uh, other than a morale or physical standpoint, these games don't matter for their lead. I, I mean, I get that, but what does matter is when you're three weeks into the season and you got to go to Washington State and you're one and two already. Like that matters. Yeah, they arguably play. It's very unique. They got the toughest. They play like the top team in three different leagues. Yeah. Like that's that's brutal. That's what I'm saying. And and not only that, but like look like physically look at their games. Like they get Oklahoma at home, but they're going to get waxed at home by Oklahoma. So your t- your toughest game, yeah, you get at home, but you're probably going to lose it. Then look at the rest of their schedule. You got to go to Cincinnati, to Washington State, to Arizona, to Stanford. To Utah, like that's that's not easy. It's not. It's not. And like, I just, I mean, could could they go to Cincinnati and win? Yeah. Could they go to Arizona and win? Yeah, maybe. But like, it just just physically looking at this coming off of the year that they had last year. Now, I will what I will say is that they finished the year playing a lot better football than they started out. Oh, yeah. But, like, it's just, like, football's a momentum game. And you know you know how it is on those, like, when you're, when you're playing, like, you feel like you're playing well, but you're just playing better teams and they're beating you. Like, that starts to play on you. And, like, their first off weekend until October 12th, if you get there and you only got two wins and you're still looking at, like, Shit, we still got to go to Stanford. We still got to go to Utah. We still got to go like to uh, USC. Like, I mean, it's tough. Like, it's tough. And like, I don't see us. I don't see a scenario where they they start the season off hot. I don't personally. So I think it's going to be tough for them to win a lot of games. Yeah, I'm betting big on Chip Kelly. I'm betting big on them improving like they did at the end of the last season. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they didn't start hot last year, but I mean, you could say they didn't end hot last year either, but they started off 0 and 5 and finished the season 3 and 4. So, like, they made a lot of progress. Right. I'll say with them, like, I I have Arizona, Arizona State, USC, and UCLA pretty much losing to all the same teams. The only difference is 
UCLA plays a tougher out-of-conference schedule. So that's how I had them having more losses. Because mm. I have them, like they'd be a bowl team, but I have them losing to Cincy and Oklahoma. So that's that pulls them from 6-6 six and six to 4-8. and eight. Yeah. Versus like USC, who like I have at 6-6, six and six, but like their out-of-conference games are Fresno, BYU, which is nothing to sneeze at, and Notre Dame. Like that's that's a tougher Fresno's a hell of uh, yeah, Fresno's a hell of a team. I mean, like that's a tough game. But I, I like I'm I gonna mean, give like, them USC the benefit to of win that winning one. that one. Yeah. Right. So I have them like that BYU for for honestly, like they lose to BYU and they might fire Clay Helton then. Because Yeah, they very well might. They're gonna be they're going to be two and three at the break if they lose to BYU. So, and and that's at the break. Then going to Notre Dame, which you're also going to lose. So you're going to be two and four. Like, I mean, that's uh, it. Doesn't look good for them either. Also, I feel like that BYU game is pretty big for them. Can we take a second to look at BYU schedule? They play Utah at Tennessee, USC, Washington. That's their first four games. Oh, they're going to be two and two. Oh, who are they going to beat? Who's BYU going to beat? They play Utah at Tennessee, USC, Washington. So they're going to lose the first game. You think they're going to lose? They're Utah? winning the second two games. Oh yeah, they're going to. I think BYU loses to Utah, but and, they're and they're going to win. They're back. going to beat Tennessee and USC. They're going to bounce back. You bet your ass they're beating Tennessee. And then they play. They're coming to Knoxville and rocking Tennessee. <sighs> I'd love to watch. Remember that. the last time? T- remember the last time Tennessee pl- played the team from Utah, and Utah State just just punched them in the mouth for like the entire game and all the overtimes. They should have won that game. And Utah State's normally not nearly as good as BYU. We did lose to a five and seven Tennessee team. Yep, they're going to be five and seven this year too. Mm. That's fine. Well, then they got to play at Toledo, at South Florida. Boise State at Utah State. <laughs> they run the gauntlet, man. Now they get the end of the schedule is pretty nice. Idaho, Idaho, or Liberty, Idaho State, and at Massachusetts. Then they got to play I, at San Diego State. You, you're just hoping you got like three wins. Yeah. By the time you come off of that that last bye week, because you're like, man, we can we can really rack up in these last few weeks. <laughs> But you're just hoping, you're just praying to God you got three wins by the end. Because if not, you're in trouble. Yeah. That's a that's a hell of a game to to fly across country. Like that's a that that's tough, dog. Because like BYU flying all the way across country to play Massachusetts, uh, UMass. Oh, that's ugly. Yeah. Uh, so where's Liberty at? I think it's in Pennsylvania. Oh, Lynchburg, Virginia. Hmm. Oh, that makes sense. They play. Listen to this. They got. They play Syracuse at home to start their season. That's wild. Who? Liberty? Yeah. Liberty, Liberty, Liberty. (laughs) (laughs) No, they they play. They play them week one at home. That's like. 
That's a big deal. Like, how do you? I think I think I think Liberty played at home a couple years ago against Virginia Tech and beat them. Liberty did. I think so. I know George Mason did, but that's wild. Are you thinking Old Dominion? Was that Old Dominion? Yep, that's what it was. Um. So, Kevin, same question in the South uh, that I posed in the North. Like, if you had a team that was going to be a surprise, or let me take that back. Before I say that, I I wanted to mention that. I don't think you're far off on the UCLA thing, though. Like I said before, like, if they can get a couple, like, sneaky earlier wins. What's their league? Is I think you can. Well, that's what I was going to say. I have Arizona. And Arizona State at seven to five. I have USC at six and six, and I have UCLA at four and eight. So those like, they, and I have them all canceling each other out. So they could easily like shift. Like I think like I don't think it's that crazy to think that they could beat Arizona State, who's losing their quarterback and their top offensive threat. So like, I just have Arizona State pick, but that's not to say they can't beat them and like pick up two wins and Arizona State fall to like five and seven. Like that's not a stretch. Yeah, but I also think Arizona could Arizona State could go to seven and five and like finish second in the league. So that's what I have. I have them at seven and five right now. And I have Arizona I just think Arizona is a better team right now with returning a quarterback that probably suits their game better. Yeah. And I also just think they have a, a little bit more favorable schedule. Like the games that the games Arizona's gonna lose, like they have to go like at Stanford, at Oregon. Um, like they were gonna lose those anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. I'd love to start my season off at Hawaii though, because that just sounds delightful. It'd be very interesting uh to see what Khalil Tate does. Yeah. I'm I'm like he needs he needs to play well this year. He needs a rich ride. Ah, oh, Kev. Damn, Arizona playing Hawaii this year, or Air Force playing Hawaii this year. How do you feel about that? They played, at Hawaii. They've played Hawaii. Um, I'm talking about pretty regularly. You didn't get to play that though. I know, I know, but they've Central um, <laughs> week three of the week three of the season or week four of the season. Central Arkansas gets to go to Hawaii. Do you know how hyped them kids got to be? Like, because like. <laughs> You're not just flying out Friday. Like, you got to go on, like, Tuesday, dog. So it's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be out of school all week because I'm going to be in Hawaii. That you, sounds you, just You go phenomenal. from Central Arkansas to Hawaii. Central bumfuck Arkansas <laughs> with three with three traffic lights and one mom-and-pop barbecue shop <laughs> to Hawaii. And, oh, you, man. and you know that coaches recruiting it like, hey, you know, we get to go play Hawaii in a couple years. Nah, I wouldn't be surprised they got 10 people sitting in the first quarter for breaking curfew. Because if I'm going from Central Arkansas to Hawaii, I'm staying out past my bedtime. Like, y'all can <laughs> y'all can just chalk that one up, dog. That's incredible. Oh, man, what a schedule. I'm trying to look up Air Force's schedule here. I got it pulled up here. So they got um, – they, they start with Colgate. Um, they go at Colorado. 
Oh, let me make a quick comment. I had Colorado finishing at the bottom of the South. Your boy Mel Tucker, but though. right. I I I just think you know he's got to take his lumps early. But I do think Colorado's gonna be a better team moving forward. I just think it's gonna take him a second to get there. You know what's really cool is uh, is this is the first time in a long time that uh, the Colorado schools will play each other. Mm-hmm. So start the season again. Yeah. The um, well, no, 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 no. That's not. I mean, you got Air Force too. Oh, you mean like all of them? All play of them. Other. Gotcha. All of them. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I love. I love that beginning of the name, Colorado State, Colorado. I love that first week of yeah. the season rivalry game. Um, but yeah, so Air Force plays at Colorado week two. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have uh, – and then they play Colorado State in week 11. Yeah. So you're going to have like a, a state champ, which is wild because when I was at Air Force, Air Force was always the best team in Colorado. And it's like they have no business being the best team in Colorado. Really? That's wild. Like we, um, we would always beat – we would always beat Colorado State easily. <laughs> they ain't got no discipline. <laughs> no. No. I used to run that, the hell out of that like little wing T joint. Yeah, the triple option, man. Man. That ain't no hoe. Like, especially like only getting like five days to prep for that. Like, that's tough. <laughs> that's tough. Yeah, well, those league schools though, they'll like they'll practice it all year round. I don't know. That's tough. Um, up. Well, sorry. Back to my back to my thing. So, if you had a team that you think will upset the apple cart in the South, who would you pick? Who would you go with? I'd pick USC. Okay. Like I haven't been finishing fourth out of six, but with that quarterback, when your quarterback's pretty good and you got a coach fighting for his job, I mean their players are good enough. So. I think I think this Clay Helms last year. Oh, I do too. Okay, I do too. I don't pick them to do well, but they could. They could. Got you. Um. Okay. So, so given that we we discussed the North and the South, what was your uh, championship game, and what was the outcome? I have uh, Washington beating Utah. Uh, seventeen to fourteen. Okay, I didn't. Pr- I didn't pick a score, but I have Oregon over Utah in the championship. Here's the thing, though. Like, it could, like, I could see Utah beating Washington seventeen to fourteen. So, so yeah. Well, I have. So I have. I have Utah beating Washington during the season. But there's I ha, Washington's one losses to Oregon versus Oregon's has two losses, but one of them's to Auburn. Um, I think that it could easily be flipped, and then Washington could have that rematch with Utah, and then whoever lost the first game, I would pick to win the second one. Um, I'm assuming we got the same uh, offensive player of the year. I picked Justin Herbert. Yep. I mean, it's – I think that if there's only two other players that I could 
potentially see like maybe winning that for him or maybe winning that over him. Well, um, he plays. He I, plays. He plays for the team that's probably going to win. Yeah, and he's got the. Well, hype. I, pick, well I was going to say Zach Moss could. He's like a dark horse candidate for me. Um, he was Utah's like top rusher last year. He got hurt at the end of the season. Yeah, but he's coming back this year. Um, and they already led the league in in offense last year. So I, think I think that like, kid Huntley could do it, man. He could. I just, don't, well. I just don't think they're prolific enough. And then maybe Eason. Like if Washington has the season that we both project him to, like he could very well win yeah. uh, player of the year. Like Eason, if they, could, Eason could do it. Uh, the kid from USC, JT Daniels, could do it. Mm-hmm. Um, Khalil Tate could do it. Right. Like if Arizona wins nine games, Khalil Tate's probably getting player of the year. Yeah, and um, uh, a homeboy from Arizona State, you know Benjamin? He led the oh, league in rushing last year. He had 1,600 yards rushing. This is true. I don't. I will say I don't think he wins. I don't think he leads the league in rushing if Zach Moss doesn't get hurt, though. It could be. We'll um, find out this year. Yeah, it could be. I mean, the kid – the. A Costello kid from Sanford threw from for thirty six hundred yards. I mean, like it's it's pretty like significant of the conference as how wide open it is. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like it's probably Justin Herbert, but just like with the league, that's the safest play. That's like saying like Tua out of the SEC. Like it's probably the safest pick, but there's enough competition in the league that he could perhaps not win it. Right. Right. All right. So who you got for the defensive player of the year? So I'm like, I'll say this. I I've watched this kid play just a little bit, just a little bit, but from every single thing I've read, it was consistent across the board that Evan Weaver was the best defensive player coming back. The only other person, the only other person that I saw mentioned that even like was um was a thought was Troy Dye Jr. from uh Oregon. But yeah. that's the only other name I saw. Like and I'm talking I'm probably thinking like twenty sports writers. Nineteen of them had Evan uh Evan Weaver for uh defense player of the year. And the stats it, he put up last year were sick. It's yeah, 159 tackles. Yeah. Yeah. Doing work. <laughs> Doing that, absolute work. Yeah, that leads that leads the uh that leads the league or country. Talk. <laughs> he just looks like such a nice gentleman. 159 tackles. That's wild. You know what's wild though is um they got the kid on um California, like uh, they had another kid last year at 148. Uh, well, they were on defense a lot, Kev. <laughs> they were on defense quite a bit last year. How about this though? The kid from Washington who's not coming back, but like the the Ben uh, Burr Curvin, mm-hmm. the guy that won last year, 176 tackles. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm like they were really going That's in last nuts. year. That's so many tackles, dog. Like, that means basically every, like, 
that's basically everybody going like block for block and just let me roam and make tackles. 176. That's wild. If you put together my last two years in high school, I barely had over 176 tackles. Actually, I had, let's see, what was my exact number? One, two, three. I had 192 <laughs> in two years, which is nuts. Um, you went with Evan Weaver as well? Yep. Wow. So, That's 159 tackles. Insane. Like, it's his to lose, man. It's got to be. And I think, again, to to the point that I made earlier, um, with Cal um, projected to have one of the best linebacking cores and best defensive back cores, um, that's going to give him a lot. Like, I feel like there's going to be a lot of plays underneath to be made, which is going to be like right in his wheelhouse to have comparable statistics. So, Right. Right. All right. Let's take a look at the uh, top games of the year. We've got, um, I mean, there's obviously more than five games, but these are a look at the top five games what we think are going to be either most entertaining, or most impactful to the conference. Mm-hmm. So starting off, I got number five, Utah at BYU. Okay. I got the the, the Holy War. It's like low-key a great rivalry game. Mm -hmm. And the fact that it starts off right off the year. I like that. uh, We get to to see Huntley right off the bat, see how much he's – how healthy he got. Um, Number four, I've got Oregon versus Auburn, uh, August 31st in Texas. Uh, I mean, I think that in addition with – the number five game I just mentioned, Utah at BYU. I mean, these are these are games that are crucial for the Pac-12 success as a conference mm-hmm. because these are non-conference games that are that are. I mean, Utah and BYU is going to be played on August 29th. Yeah, so that's that's going to be pretty much prime time. Pretty much everybody watching, and then Oregon Auburn obviously is going to be prime time. I mean, that's probably the game of the week at a neutral site in, in Jerry World. And so for a conference that's missed out, their conference champions missed out on the playoff three to the last four years. Winning your league isn't good enough. Like you got to win the non-conference leagues, right? Uh, non-conference games. Like you got to win these big time matchups. If you're going to earn the respect, you got to beat these teams. And even Auburn's not a, I mean, Auburn's a respectable team, but nothing to write home about. You know what I mean? Right. Right. I, I, I mean, they're in the same so, predicament of, needing to win that game to start the yeah, year. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Auburn goes out and thump, thumps Oregon. Like, I mean, that's a big win for them. Right. Um, so number three, I got UCLA at USC. And that's for my that's for my South bracket. Mm-hmm. Um because you know UCLA I have finishing second in the league. But the problem is they're all so close that whoever wins that game could be end up finishing second, third, fourth. Um, might keep Clay Helton's job. <laughs> Who knows? Um, and also, I mean, that is the most talk about rivalry games. That's the prettiest rivalry game. <laughs> you think so? Like, 
Yeah, like I'm pretty, I'm, I know I'm pretty biased. Like to me, the scarlet and gray and the maize and yellow, they're so different and they clash. And it's like, it's always a gray cloudy sky. And it's like, it just, like it just takes you back. It's something that just seems to never have changed throughout all the years. I get that. But like UCLA and USC, like it's so pretty. They wear the, where they both wear the home uniforms. I do like that. It's also like, it's like, I think it's dope. When, oh, it's so pretty. When like teams play at the same place and then they play each other. Yeah. Like Clippers and Lakers. It's yeah. like, yeah, I'm like, I get to dress in my, like my own like locker room and like, it feels like a home game, even though I might be the away team. It's like, I get bragging rights. Like this is my stadium for the, re- for like 364 days. Like, I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, that's true. Cause USC does play at the Rose Bowl a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not their stadium, but like, I mean, it's the same city. Right. I mean, I guess you'd argue it's not because it's Pasadena. But yeah. Like there's it's a close. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, number two, I've got Oregon at Washington. Nice. And I'll just with number one, I have Utah at Washington because those are the top three teams in the league. Nice. So like those are just the most, those are the most impactful games. Most important for the conference because you might be rooting for somebody as a con- like if you're rooting for the conference for the Pac-12 to do well, you're gonna want somebody to win so that it doesn't blow your chances of making the play. Right, right. So I'll start from the top back. I have the same top two as you. I have number one Utah at Washington on November second. Number two, I had Oregon at Washington October nineteenth. Both basically just being the top games like in conference. Um, yeah. Number three, very same as you, or close to yours. I had Oregon Auburn. Like biggest takeaway there is like, can Oregon run with the big dogs? Like, this is one of their first years where they're returning some talent. Uh, they're considered back to being one of those traditional, like late two thousand Oregon teams that's supposed to be really good. So like, this is their showcase. Right. Like, this is where you go out and show like that you can play with really good teams. So what do they do there? Um, number four is where we kind of switch up. I have UCLA versus Arizona. Um, I think that it's that game is going to be a swing game for both of their seasons. Um, we talked about how tight that South race is. Um, and it's the battle of the second year coaches. Like who's going to take that jump? Is it going to be Chip Kelly? Is it going to be Kevin Sumlin? Like who's going to, who's going to, to make that move to, to kind of assert themselves um, in that side of the division and say like, Hey, like this is only my second year, but I'm, you know, I'm going to make an impact here. Like I did at my previous job. Um, and then my other one was UCLA and Cincinnati. Um, it's just one of those things like, can UCLA win a really good game early in the season on the road? Like can Chip Kelly get this season started off on the right foot? Uh, we talked about their schedule, but like, it's, it's very imperative that they win early because they have a tough schedule. So it's like that could be a huge game in determining whether they make a bowl game or not. Yeah. And Cincinnati is a good team. Absolutely. And then like I I did have two others like alternates, but like Washington state at Utah, just because like two very good teams and then Washington state, Washington just being like the rivalry. Yeah. So, well, I think that does it for our breakdown of the Pac-12. So, it's going to be an interesting year. 
It's going to be weird watching these guys knowing the players ahead of time. Yeah, absolutely. And then, then it's, I've also got something to like. I do this on my own for the SEC every year, just because like that's my home conference. Like that's what's important to me. But like now that I've done this for the Pac-12, I have something to gauge myself against. So it's like when I'm tuning into these games, I'm like, oh, yep, you're right. I did pick Arizona to beat Arizona State. Like, let's see how this plays out. Like, I did pick, um, um. Like Evan Weaver to win. Like, let's see how he's doing from week to week. Like, is he putting up those stats? Are they double teaming them a lot? Things like that. So it's like now I have things to watch other than just being a fan of football. Plus, we'll um, it'll have a little more purpose when you're watching it. Eleven o'clock at night. <laughs> it's all I need. Is, Two in the morning. Uh, just a few more reasons to watch football late at night. That's right. <laughs> All right, so um, that breaks it down. That that finishes up the Pac-12. And um, let's get into everybody's favorite segment, the Mount Rushmore segment. Bum, 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 bum. Nope. Bum, 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 bum. Hey! There we go. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> Guys, we're back. It's been a couple weeks, but um, we're finally back. We're finally doing the, uh, the Mount Rushmore again. Justice refuses to cut off the song, so I'm just going to have to keep talking over it. Um, it's been a couple weeks, but of course, we would never, ever let you guys go um, without a few Mount Rushmore topics, so we're back. And not only are we coming back with Mount Rushmore, but we're coming back with one of easily our podcast's favorite topics, which is The Office. Um, just the absolute great one of the greatest tv shows to um to ever be on tv um i was a late adopter i did not watch at all when it was on nbc um i've i'm i'm a netflixer i just started watching uh the office then but it's easily like one of my top five favorite shows of all time like and it it if as a sh- as a show you could say it's hard to beat. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and it's like, and that's where you'd say that's, that's what, what she, she said. said. Uh, I am very much like Fresh Prince is always a favorite of mine too, for the same reasons of like, I've seen this episode once, I've seen this episode twelve times, I'm still gonna laugh as if I've never seen it before because it's still funny, and like that's how I judge like a really good show. Um, so that's what I think about the office. Um, uh, Kevin, did, were you, uh, were you an NBC adopter or a Netflixer? Uh, Netflix adopter. You know, what's wild is like, um, our, in high school, when I was in high school, it's when the office mm-hmm. started and it got really popular. And so we had a class in high school called Pro- broadcast and video. And so we had a, we had a, TV studio in our school. And I never took that class, but like kids had to do like 
it's like a VA club, but for mm-hmm. a class. So kids like would have to make movies. They would do the announcements at like a news desk, but then they would actually produce like one Friday a month, like a legit show. And the intro was always like, the intro was always the office, not like theme, but that, not the music, but the mm-hmm. same style. But I never watched the show. So, <laughs> so it didn't click. Like I used to have, I had, I had a guy that I worked I mean, I knew what it was. I had a but, dude I worked with that had it as his ringtone. And like, I was just like, dog, that's corny. Like, this show can't be that funny. And this was probably like 2013. I didn't watch The Office for the first time until like last year. But easily in my time. Like, it's, it's, so, good. it's so nice too. Like, I get to come home. You know what I do wish? Since Netflix has taken away The Office um, at the end of next year, they should put a shuffle button on that show. So, like, I can, like, play an episode but shuffle it. So, like, it's not just the next one. It just picks around episodes because I think that's hilarious when I just don't know what's coming next. I like that. I like that. But, so we're here. We're doing our Mount Rushmore. Uh, Today's topic is um, your top four favorite uh, office episodes. I'm going to go out on the limb here and say we probably have three of the same four. Probably. And I don't think that that's like, I think it has nothing to do with the fact that we're friends and like always pop like office jokes at each other. I just think like those are just really funny episodes. Like (laughs) that's how I look at it. Like, I chuckled putting this list together because I just looked at like. I'm just, I'm giggling so much. <laughs> it's so great. But, okay. So, to get it started, uh, <laughs> my number four is uh, the Michael Scott roast. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and. I just Oscar, you're gay. Boom, roasted. Andy, you're gayer than Oscar. Boom, roasted. No, like, just like it was already funny the things that they said about him and him getting his feelings hurt. But like his retaliation, the boom roasted part is comedy, and so that had to be on my list for for one. Um, number three is Diversity Day. Uh, oh yeah. I like just looking at it. Like when I was looking it up today to make sure I like was picking the right episodes, like that was the second episode. Like, could you, like, could you imagine that being episode two of like a TV show nowadays? Like all the uproar. Oh, like, it, you couldn't you, get, get away it would get with taken it. off the, get taken but off the like, <laughs> I just, I always laugh. Cause I think of like Kevin, he's like, you want to smoke some weed? I think you do, man. <laughs> so, like, that one just like that one is funny on its own, but then to think about like that's literally how they started. One hundred and ninety-four episodes, like that was episode two, is hilarious to me. Um, number two, I have. <laughs> there's been a murder because. That shit's hilarious. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I do declare. Uh, 
I do like, declare. What he say? He said, "Right now, uh, you have a you have a southern twang, and you need a little bit more molasses." Like <laughs> Savannah rolls off the tongue like, like molasses. molasses. <laughs> uh, that one's comedy, just for like man, that was just so for like good. all the funny sayings. Um, thinking about like why they were playing because they thought like. The company was about to go like bankrupt and they were all going to be out of jobs and like nobody knew what was going to happen, but they just kept playing that. Um, and then like the final shot where she, Pam's like, ah, I ain't going down for this. And they're like all doing the standoff. Uh, yeah, they're doing the, all the standoff. <laughs> <laughs> no, that one is. Turns out Michael's a secret agent. And then, and then uh, Dwight revealed that he was a secret agent. <laughs> it's like you, you, I never go with the. <laughs> I never go with the person who's the most obvious. Counterpoint: I never go with the person who's the least obvious. You always want to go with the person who's the most in the middle obvious. <laughs> the, the, most, me, I, the most the most medium, medium obvious. obvious. <laughs> nah, that one in itself is just comedy, and like that's a that's one that we quote a lot. So like that one's funny to me. And then the like, if you're an Office fan, this one's one. But like the fire drill CPR, like. I, like yeah, that scene in itself, the CP the safe, safety yeah, course, like the CPR scene in itself might be like just TV gold. Like, you know what's wild is that's like that's like teaching, man. It's like it's unbelievable. <laughs> I just I, <laughs> I just get so weak because he's like, she's like, you want to pump to the BG staying alive? Do you know that song? Yeah, of course I do. First, I was afraid. Of I, was afraid. <laughs> I was petrified. <laughs> so, and then like she starts singing, and then like Andy chimes in, and then uh, Kelly starts dancing, and so like, <laughs> well, the, like the whole thing, and they're like, I don't why we resuscitating. He has no arms and no legs. <laughs> like, yeah, what kind of life would we would that be? <laughs> Tim, they were like, "All right, we didn't. No one called nine one one, so he died. What's next?" <laughs> He's like, "Check for the vital organs." He like cuts them open. No, no. When he says, when he goes, when he's like, "Oh, geez, Kevin, would you rather live with no arms or no legs?" And he's like, "No <laughs> legs." And he's like, "Well, yeah, he's gonna have no arms or no legs, which is pretty much how you live right now." <laughs> And Kevin, Kevin kind of like nods his head, like, "Yeah, you're right." <laughs> he stabs him, and Stanley's like, "I don't feel so good." And then, like the camera cuts away, comes back. He's like, "Dog, when he turns around with that face on, oh man, oh man!" Like that's one of those things that, like, it comes on my timeline probably. Once a week, once every two weeks, and I watch it or retweet it every single time because it's never not funny. It's literally never not funny. And then he tries to explain it in the office <laughs> meeting. He goes, "You know, I watched Silence of the Lands, and it didn't look very serious, but after doing it, it's very real." Uh, he turns around and goes, "No, oh, I die every time." Oh man. Uh, in the fire drill when she pulled when Angela pulls the cat out and it's like in the middle of the cabinet 
<laughs> she throws it up into the thing and it comes like out like four tiles later, like falls right back in. Oh my God, this is happening. Everybody's like, oh. he's like, what's the procedure? He's like, touch the handle. Yeah. He's like, is it hot? What's the me? Oh, it is. <laughs> oh, and then they like throw the printer against the wall. Oh, man. <laughs> so I was, all right, do you have three? How, what do you got so far? You got was, three of them? That was my fourth one? one. That was my fourth one. So yeah. I went with my um, back. I was just going to, my recap was I went with, um, I went with There's Been a Murder, Diversity Day, Michael Scott Rose, and the CPR fire drill one. Man. Um, dog, those are so good. I, I'm like, I'm at five. It's tough to get Bring down to four. Um, I love the the business trip <laughs> when he goes to Winnipeg, that- and he is so excited about it. He's like, he's like, uh, "Are you packed?" He's like, "Yep." You got your per diem? <laughs> he's like, "Yep." I got my per diem. I already know what I'm going to spend this on. I'm going to buy a sweater. <laughs> is that the one with the concierge with concierge Marie? Yeah, concierge Marie, and he's like. <laughs> he goes, it's how you say a beautiful night. And it's how you say you look how you say radiant. <laughs> Where would or he's like, he's like, he says, in terms of nightlife, Michael, just ask the concierge and he goes, They have, they one, have of one of those. Like it's the most amazing thing. <laughs> that one is comedy. Cause then in in, in, in the, the uh that's when uh Andy calls um Angela, he's like why are we having sex yet? <laughs> he forgot that he called her. Oh man. Yep. That one's solid. That's that that's really good. Uh God, I could watch that. I could watch it. It's just like when he oh, I lose it. When he's on the plane and he's like, he's like, yeah, mimosas. And then he's like, Michael G. Scott, we're like a pimp. <laughs> and then they go back. <laughs> And they're like, oh my God. He's like, uh, um, um, Oscar's like, Michael, I've got, I brought egg sandwiches. Would you want one? And he's like, oh my God, Oscar, could you bring anything stinkier onto an airplane? Like, seriously, do you have a bag of baby poop with you? (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, no, I'm going to order my own food. And then there, uh, there's no in-service like, flight. Miss, can I see a? He's like, can I see a menu? And she's like, uh, sorry, there's no food on uh, flights less than two hours. And he's like, okay, well, I guess I'll just take a nap with my complimentary blindfold. And then like he gets the the beverage cart like <laughs> into him. That was a good one. Uh, I like that one. That gets me every time. Um, diversity Day. I had the Diversity Day. It's undefeated. It's so um, good. Oh my god, it's so good! It's so good. Um, when Dwight is like, uh, "I respect your, I, I respect your culture's success in this country." And he's talking about Jews. <laughs> like, come on, get into it. Oh boy, Whew. Um, I had the fun run. <laughs> is that where they start like chase or who is it Toby Stanley and who gets in the cab? 
Oh, in Creed, <laughs> <laughs> when they go in, they go and get and Michael Scott is like, um, he's like, he's got all the people out there. Yeah. And he's like, uh, yeah. And he's like, uh, he's like, uh, shit. What does he say? He's like, um, he's like myth three out of three people a year are affected by rabies every year. Fact. Fact. Four people a, a year are affected by rabies. <laughs> no. Um, there's the part where, um, there's the, 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 just the ridiculous name of the fun run. Wasn't it? Yeah. What was the, <sighs> damn it. I got to look it up. And like when it's on the, when it's on the, uh, on the t-shirt. No, when it's on the, um, when it's on the voicemail and he's like in the background, it's like for the cure. <laughs> The Michael Scott, the oh my, oh boy, I forgot about this one. Um. Oh, and then when he's like at the end of the episode when he's just dying, and he's like finishing that five k, it's the hardest thing I ever had to do. I ate more fettuccine Alfredo and drank less water than I had in my <laughs> entire life. People always talk about triumphs of the human spirit. Well, today I had a triumph of the human body. That's why everybody was applauding applauding me for it at the end my guts in my heart and while i eventually peeked my guts out i never peeked out my heart and i'm very proud of that michael scott's dunder mifflin scranton meredith palmer memorial celebrity rabies awareness pro-am fun run race for the cure for the cure <laughs> oh shut up and i love how she says michael a 5K is not 5,000 miles. <laughs> no. Oh, I forgot how funny this one was. Oh. Um, And then I didn't even, honestly, like, I don't know how I forgot the murder episode, but like, I got to fit that in. But the other one I had was, um, was the Goodbye Toby episode. Oh, God. That one's comedy. When he's leaving. When he's leaving and um and what's her name? Who he falls in love uh, with comes in. Yeah. Holly. Yeah, oh, man. God, I forgot about this one. There's like so like there's 194 episodes. Like this is But the best part about that episode is when Holly comes in. And she thinks Kevin's mentally retarded the entire time. <laughs> oh, damn it. No, I don't want to cut you. And then, and then he's like, I'm totally going to bang out. <laughs> damn it. I don't, I don't want to cut. Hopefully you don't have this one on your list, but I watched this one last night. You just said that and it just triggered. But when uh, Dwight put in that uh, that doomsday program where they couldn't have five strikes. And so, and so they gave, oh, yeah. they gave uh, Kevin the uh, assignment of figuring out how paper was made. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Or when they try to look, what's the episode where they try to look at the password? And they're like, oh, we're blocked out of the system. It's like, what's the password? 
I don't know. What, how many years ago was it? It's like somebody said boobs. tribe boobs. Tribe boobs with a Z. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, Michael oh, was like, I can't remember, but I, re- I remember Pam being really offended. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Okay, so what was your what was your final one? That was that's your what I had. I gotcha. had the business trip, business trip, diversity day, the fun run, and goodbye, Toby. That's wild. I would have thought we would have had more overlap. That's how good this show is. It's incredible. There are so many good funny moments in there. That's like honestly, like especially on the weekends. Like normally, like if we go out to eat or something, by the time we get home at like nine thirty, ten o'clock. Um, Comedy Central usually has like a two hour time slot of just The Office and it's literally the funniest shit because they just pick like random episodes and I just cackle at them. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> really Andy really. and the tuna. <laughs> <laughs> oh! <laughs> Ricky doo! Ricky doo! I just oh love shit! He's just—he's hilarious. <sighs> the whole hey, it's like um, when in the business trip episode when he's trying to hook Oscar up, and uh, oh my god, what's the line? Oh my gosh! But like Oscar's like another one. Oscar's like saying, hey, you know what, Andy? Thanks a lot. Like I really appreciate you trying to hook me up last night. And uh, Andy's like, of course. It's what you get. You get the whole nine yards. <laughs> nah, he's like, every time I watch, he becomes more and more one of my favorite characters. Like, he's just funny. Yeah. All right. Appreciate you guys for listening. Stay tuned for our next episode where we break down the Big 12. And we're going to do the same format. Give our predictions. Offensive player of the year. Defensive player of the year. And uh, give you the top games. Looking forward to it. Appreciate you, yes, AJ. Sir. Catch you next week. Y'all have See a good you. one. <laughs>